Hello, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi Fraternity. Originally started in 2019, Coffee Talk is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Here, we will talk about life, leadership, sisterhood, and so much more. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Today's episode features Mary Bryant, an initiated member of our Delta Omega chapter at Murray State University and chair of RTNJ. Mary was also awarded the Adele K. Hinton Award at this year's Virtual Convention 2021. She sat down with me to talk about sisterhood, service, and her experiences as a leader of our fraternity. Mary Bryant, tell me how you are. I'm doing well, Crystal. Thank you. Okay, so first I have to set the stage for everyone. We are together in person at Kate Elam's home, sitting on the floor of her living room, having a conversation in real life. That's right, and it's great to be in person together again. It really is so wonderful. I am beside myself excited for the opportunity to have this conversation, but to do it with you live and in real life. So thank you for joining me for the podcast. This is going to be fun. We always start at the beginning. So I would love it if you would share your AOPI story. I would love to share my AOPI story. Um, I pledged, pinned at Delta Omega at Murray State University. I was a town girl because my dad was professor at the university. So I didn't live in the dorm. But I just was, I really, when I'm going through recruitment, I just really love the AOPIs. They made me just, they made me feel so good. And they look like they were having so much fun. And I was just really, I was really amazed that I, that I got the bid. I mean, I was just so thrilled. So um, I, it was a little different living at home because I had a hard time kind of feeling like I was part, you know, initially part of the chapter because a lot of my pledged sisters were living in the dorm and everything. But, so wait one second. When you say that you were a townie, that's what you mean is that you still lived at home. I lived at home. While going to school. Yes. And yes. pledging the sorority. Yes. Got it. Right, right. So that that was a little bit of an adjustment there. But we had a we had a tradition where we met with the different collegians every week. We you know, and we sort of had conferences and got to know everybody that way. So they really made me feel very welcome. They included me and uh, it was just a wonderful experience as a new member. Um I, as a as a uh, first my first job I was a suite manager and we remodeled the suite that summer so that summer when I was when I was in summer school I was over there painting the walls in the suite oh wait you were doing the painting well no we had an interior designer doing the room but the the painting was up to me and <laughs> and a few others that were still in town for the summer so we did that um, I went to my first uh, leadership. Uh, Institute, which was called a regional meeting then, in Bloomington, Indiana, at University of Indiana, Indiana University. I was one of the people, just sort of general people that we that went. And the interesting thing about it was we had it in their 
their, their chapter house, and the alumni stayed in the chapter house, and the extra collegian stayed next door at the beta house. And the oh. alumni were locked in the ale pie house, and we were over at the beta house with some <laughs> betas there for summer school. So it was it was sort of an interest, you know, it was no problem, but it was sort of an interesting experience. So I don't think our women of today have had that same experience. <laughs> no, I don't think so, but that was really neat to to do that, uh, to you know, to see ale pie in a bigger sense than this just on our campus. And then uh, I went as a member at large to convention. I was voted from the chapter to do that. So my first convention was in Dallas. Oh, we get were, to we go, go back there. get to go back. And that was really a lovely experience. So I got to do that as a collegian. So that was, that was, really, that was really exciting. I had a wonderful experience at Delta Omega. I was also a new member educator. And I really enjoyed working with the new members. And uh, it was just a, a really um, wonderful experience. The chapter members really made you feel great. They they worked, you know, promoted your potential. It was just a real positive experience. So I think I really got a wonderful beginning at Delta Omega, uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, a senior send-off, my chapter advisor said to me, Mary, you're going to have to do something else for AOPI. Did she really? She did. Ellen Harold, my chapter advisor, said that to me. So, um, you know, it was kind of like it kind of kept that in the back of my mind. Well, and you certainly have done some things for AOPI. (laughs) So I want to go back to Dallas for a minute Mm -hmm. because, yes, because we are going in two years. We know that. Grapevine, Texas. But for me, that was truly a life-changing experience. Like I remember walking in the doors for the first time and just being in awe. Tell me, number one, what year are we talking about here? 1971. Okay, so early 70s and you go to convention. Tell me what was the most, I don't know if I would say surprising or exciting or memorable thing about that first convention. Well, it was the first time I'd flown commercially on an airplane. Oh, no, it was not. No, it was. I mean, yes. Okay, that's amazing. I'd been amazing. a little, you know, three-seater deal, but I had never been on a commercial airplane, so that was exciting. Um, we had one day where we dressed up, you know, kind of in a Western kind of deal, and we had had a recruitment skit where we had, you know, red gingham bonnets and skirts and this kind of thing. So we, everybody from Delta Omega wore their No, please outfit. stop it. We wore our outfit for that Western themed luncheon or whatever it was. Oh my goodness. But it was really neat seeing um, the the ladies who were leaders um, in the in the fraternity and seeing the people in the executive board and the, the pips and everything. As a collegian, that made a real impression because we had our chapter advisor and we had several other local ladies who are our advisors, but we didn't have any really senior alumni, uh, you know, there in town to, to get to know and just to be really aware of. So it really made the impression about the, 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 the continuing um, involvement in AOPI and just, you know, that it is for a lifetime. I love everything about this. So let's talk about that lifetime. You've done a few things. Tell me what has been, and now I will say this with a caveat, 
obviously being chair of RTNJ is your favorite position ever. It's the one you hold in this moment. So we'll get to that in a minute. But tell me what has been your favorite leadership position or experience, whether it came with a title or not, as an alumna member? Well, I've had many lovely opportunities at ALPI. You know, we've had challenges, but at the same time, you always learn and grow from everything that you do. When I was a young alum, I, I was, you know, married and had a couple of kids, and then we settled in an area, and the, and the alum chapter was not currently active. So I, I wrote headquarters, and I said, why isn't there an alum chapter here? Well, the next thing I knew, they sent me the name of three or four other people and said, why don't you all get together and see what you all can come up with? So we did do that. And of uh, the Kentuckiana alum chapter was reactivated at the point for that. And then I got the opportunity to be the president. Of course so, you did. So that, that was really a neat experience and the support from that also. Um, I also had the opportunity to serve within the, the old region structure, which was the, the networks of today. And got to do, enjoy visiting with, you know, and meeting and working with the chapters. It, it did recruitment and state days. I, I did a lot of coordinating on that, which were a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and then I had the opportunity to serve on the executive board as a, as a collegiate director, and that we were, at that point, you did the operations for collegiate chapters. So, you know, I'd had a lot of experience leading up to that, but it was, I did a lot of traveling. I was teaching full-time at the time. I'd, lots of times on Friday, I'd just take my suitcase, stop at the airport, park in the long-term lot, get on a plane, and then fly off for the weekend. <laughs> but it was wonderful, and I had uh, the chance to go to lots of places and and meet a lot of ALPIs and feel like that, you know, that you're really making a difference and, and, and reaching out and connecting with sisters at a time, maybe when they needed some someone else to come in and, and be there for them. Those are some of the things uh, I've also served as a ritual advisor for Pi Alpha University of Louisville, and that has been very rewarding. So as I said, it's sort of hard to pick because I've had so many <laughs> wonderful experiences and opportunities at different times. Well, so let's talk about ritual for a minute. You now sit as the chair of our Rituals, Traditions, and Jewelry Committee. And while I think there are always grand expectations of this committee, we just came out of a time when no one could have predicted what was going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> now, understanding that there are non-AOPIs that listen to this podcast. So for anyone who's who's clutching their sweater right now in fear that we are about to talk about all the secrets... Tell me if you could even capture what went through your mind when we all realized that we weren't going home for just two weeks and that we needed to create a connection with our members that included our ritual and that it was going to be done online. I would love to know where you were in your headspace because to come out the other side and say, okay, sisters, we've got this. Let's move. This isn't going to be ritual light. If we're going to welcome them into our sisterhood, we're going to do it in full force. They need to know all of the things to be fully connected to our founders, to our members, to their chapters, to the greater AOPI. I would love to know what that was for you. Well, it was a process. Um, it, we started out with the... Um, with the service to welcome seniors to alum status. 
And uh, we did two of those. And Crystal, you were very much a, a partner in that. And the thing was with that, these it, even though it was on Zoom and there was it, we did there was lots of people there. It was very emotional for a lot of them, and it really clicked. You know, this is so important that we do make this effort because our ritual is our is our heart and our center, and it's important, especially even more so now during these times, that we make this available in the best way that we can for our members. So then we, you know, we, we progressed on and then that summer we did, we had all these wonderful new members who were ready to be initiated, who they couldn't physically be initiated because of the pandemic. So we, we worked together and we developed where we could do online initiation internationally. And we did, you know, we spent all last summer initiating it. It was, it, it was really a fabulous experience and we had all those wonderful new initiates ready to go into the fall and then in the fall we were we said okay we're gonna this is still going on we're still gonna we're still gonna be virtual so our TNJ everybody on the committee we worked together we divided it up so we could adapt and then we worked with our wonderful communications department with Mary Ellen Sassin who is our our TNJ partner and we developed the the, the PowerPoints where we needed to, so that the chapters, alumni, and collegiate could function with their rituals, ceremonies, and services as normally as possible during these times. But it because ritual is so important to us, it was so important that we adapted the best way that we could to have that there for our members. So, it, you know, it took, kind of eased into it, but but once we realized that it, that it okay, this is okay, this is what we need to do. We were able to kind of be assured of security and entrusting our members that they would keep confidentiality and, and keep our ritual uh, personal and, and to, to our members that we could trust them with this. Then it, we knew that we needed to do this for our membership. So can we talk about that first international initiation? You know, I don't know how many women joined. I'm sure that our professional staff partners could tell us all of the exact details, but there were at least a hundred. Like it was a it was a large group to be the first, the first one. one. Yes. And I want you to know that of all the things that I have done, I think that may be the one moment where I was most anxious about anything. And I think it's because we do, we put our ritual at the height of all things AOPI, and I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, like we're really about to do this. And I, I truly, like if there was one moment in time that I would say that was the most nervous, excited, anxious, I think I've been in the entire last biennium, it was that moment. Just the first one. <laughs> and then of course there was this crazy crash of thunder and the power goes out midway through. <laughs> You pick up right where I left off. I pop back in on a different device when all things light up again. And it's like it was planned. I mean, it really was written in the stars, for lack the, of a better expression. The founders were taking care of us. They, they did. They did indeed take care of us. But I would love to know what your feelings were going into that moment. Because I was a ball of nerves that entire day. 
Well, I had been very busy, you know, <laughs> with, with the adapt with, with the adaptation and working with the committee to be sure everybody was good with that. And then also we did that pre-initiation uh, workshop where we tried to give those that were going to be initiated some idea of what they might be actually physically experiencing if they were actually in person being initiated. So I, I, we really wanted that to be, be, and we had to really kind of think visually, how is this going to look on Zoom? And it took a little while to kind of, you know, get used to Zoom and how this works, but you had to really think as, as you were adapting things, how is this going to work? And what things do we need to be sure and, and present? And what things are, can we just, it's okay not to, to go into that. So, you know, it really wanted to do a good job of giving them the best possible experience. But uh, but when it got down to it, it was like, okay, well, here, take a breath. You know, I was doing all those things, you know, a little lemon juice before, press your fingers together, <laughs> breathe, deep breathing, and, and just take a breath and just say, please help me with this and let's go. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So Mary, you chair a committee that has made a lot of progressive changes during the last biennium and and into even now. I would love to know where you find, I'm going to say courage and inspiration to lead in such a way, particularly in a realm of our organization that is so based in tradition and we always want to honor that. I would love to know where that comes from for you. Well, I think um, we have to consider the times. We have to consider also, does this fit in with our core values when we make changes? Do we need to make adjustments? We do some um, historical research to see, was this something that we're doing something a particular way or a, a certain procedure? Was this how our founders did it? Or was this something that just sort of evolved over time that we really don't have a real clear record? When do we start doing this? The important thing was that we kept our core ritual and values. We did not change any of that. But some of the sort of additional things or that go with that, we could make adjustments to and not, not change things. And it's important for us for it to be relevant to our members and also for us to be considerate of our members and, and the times that we are in at this point. I love it. Okay, let's talk about you <laughs> and convention. You are now the recipient of a huge award. I did not have the honor of knowing Adele K. Hinton. She was obviously a woman admired and respected and you now have received the award that is given in her honor. I would love to know what that means to you. Well, I, I was very, I was surprised, but I was very honored and just really, really thrilled and excited. Um, and then I've read that, and it was very touching that you presented it to me, and I, I do appreciate that at, at convention. Uh, since we've worked so closely together in our partnership. And I went and read kind of the description, because, you know, there's these awards, but what does it mean? And it was, I, I was very touched that it said that someone who has exhibited a long-term commitment to volunteering has been um, 
an example, I hate to use the word example, but somebody who has shown how long-term volunteering is an important part of continuing to be an AOPI. And so that made me feel good because I have really, really enjoyed the things that I've done in AOPI. It's been a wonderful continued connection for me. And the thing is, um, I, I, I guess I have mentored and I have been an example to other people and it's nice to be recognized for that but that's never of course why I did it I did it because it means so much to me and I, I really enjoy it well and Mary I have to tell you there are women who are constant living examples of our ritual of our values you are among those women and I was honored to be able to read those words it was a wonderful wonderful opportunity for me I would love for you to share what is something you would just like for every AOPI to know and to just kind of keep tucked away for some time when they may need a little inspiration of their own? Well, I think that you have to think back or, or think on your experience and kind of identify your why of, of what AOPI means to you, maybe how it's changed how you've grown, and what at this point in your life, wherever you are, what can you do to be involved? Whether it's to go to Founders Day, maybe you have some more time, maybe you can advise, maybe you can contribute to the foundation. What can you continue to do? Because we've all gotten something special from AOPI. What can they do to, to pass it forward and also for it to be there for other young women to have the opportunity and to have the experiences we've had. That's what's so important. Mary, there is not a better way to end this episode. Please know that I love you so much. I'm so thankful that you joined me today. So thank you for that. And for everyone out there listening, as always, thank you. Until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm -hmm.